To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Koala Kids, and welcome back to Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas that are beyond belief. All aboard! All aboard! All hands on deck! Are we all safely on? Yes? Okay then. Captain, set sail please! Full steam ahead! (sighs) Now that we're all safely on board, I can explain where we're going today. Can you see that island just there on the horizon? The beautiful tropical one with white sandy beaches and palm trees and lots of perfect little houses. Well, we're heading there because we're off to meet a young girl called Mattie and her parents, who are about to set off on a boat trip of their own. They're moving house, you see, from that island there to another one a few dozen miles away. There are a whole bunch of islands around here, over 30 in fact, We call a group of islands all next to each other like that an archipelago. Archipelagos are formed when volcanoes deep beneath the surface of the ocean erupt and spew out lava. As the molten lava travels up through the water, it cools down and solidifies into rock. Sometimes the lava gets far enough to break through the surface, where it creates groups of islands. And over millions and millions of years, trees and plants grow on the rocks, and then birds and animals move in too. And then sometimes humans build little villages, so the archipelago becomes inhabited, just like this one. Phew, all that talk of geography made the time fly by, didn't it? And look, we're at the island now. There's Matty, carrying a cardboard box down the rickety jetty to stow it aboard a boat with green sails. Matty has been packing all week, tucking her favourite items carefully into bags and boxes so that they can be moved to the new island. She pushes her short flop of hair out of her eyes and takes a quick survey of the boat. That's all of it, she thinks. Her box of hiking equipment. Boots and anoraks, maps and compasses, even a little camping stove and tins to store dry food. Her box of sports kit, her cricket ball and bats, a couple of footballs, and her trainers with the special studs that make her run extra fast. And most importantly, her box of books, which are mostly survival manuals about how to get along in the great outdoors all by yourself. The others are exciting tales of kids who have to climb mountains or get raised by wolves or have to cross deserts by themselves to save their families. There's nothing Matty likes more than curling up with her dad and reading an adventure story. Oh, here's her dad now. He places a hand on her shoulder. All set, Matty? Oh, yes, Dad, she says. That's everything. Good, let's go. 
The water was deep and sparkling blue as the boat with green sails set off. Seabirds cawed and dipped down to play with the fish darting at the surface. Matty watched the island, her old home, recede into the distance and disappear. Then she walked up to the prow of the boat. She peered into the distance to see if she could make out the new island on the horizon. Her dad had taught her a rhyme to help identify it. An island with three mountain peaks. One big, one medium, one small. They call them the three guardian bears. One little, one medium, one tall. For now, there was nothing to be seen on the horizon except the glint of the sun. Even though Matty was sad to be leaving her old home behind, she was buzzing with excitement about the new one. She couldn't wait to discover what adventures might be had there. But the boat ride turned out to be very long, and the sun was very hot, and soon Matty began to feel sleepy. She lay in a bright yellow hammock that was strung up on the deck and dozed off, and the next thing she knew, her mum was touching her arm. She told Matty they had stopped to have a swim in the ocean before heading off again, and she was wondering if Matty wanted to join. Still full of sleep, Matty groaned and rolled over. She could swim another time. But then after a while, the sound of her parents splashing and having fun made their way into her dreams, and she woke up, desperate for a swim too. She got up and peered over the side of the boat and saw her parents swimming in the blue. What'd she do, Matty thought, was jump in on the other side, swim around the boat, and surprise them in the water. So she stood on her tiptoes on the far side of the boat, bent her knees slightly, and sprang into the water. Ah, how cool and relaxing. Matty gave a little whoop and then dived down under the water. All around her were shoals of fish, shining in all the colours of the rainbow. Well, she thought to herself, maybe I'll just stay down here and explore a little longer. She rose to the surface, took a big fresh gulp of air and dove back down. She swam among the corals, inspecting tiny crabs crawling over rocks, starfish with pulsing limbs, and shy pale fish hiding in miniature caves. Matty could hold her breath for a very long time, but soon she realised her lungs were running low. She needed to go to the surface. So up she swam, and when she broke through into the air, she took a few deep breaths of delightful air, turned around and saw... (gasps) The boat was gone! There it was in the distance, just a brown speck disappearing, the green flash of its sails barely visible. Oh, her parents must have thought she was still asleep in the hammock and set sail without her. And now Matty was all alone out here, marooned on this little island. A little flutter of panic erupted in Matty's stomach, but she quickly settled it down. Wasn't she ready for this? Hadn't she read plenty of survival manuals, read all kinds of adventure stories, imagined endlessly what she would do if she were to find herself in such a situation? She knew her stuff. Matty glanced back at the tiny little island with a slim strip of white beach. She swam towards it, and the waves pulled her in, and soon she found herself swept up onto the sand. For a few moments she let herself catch her breath, then she sat up and racked her brains. If only she had one of her survival books, then she'd know exactly what to do. But then Matty remembered some lines of advice from one of her guides. 
First things first, create a sign that can be seen from sea and air. A smoke signal, a waving flag, or a big, bright, flashing flare. Well, Matty thought, unfortunately she didn't have a flare on her person just then. But she was sure she could think of something. She stood up and with her hands, she scraped giant letters out in the sand. The words read, I'm here. (sighs) That'll do, she said to herself. Until the tide comes in again and washes it away, that is. (sighs) Then I'll have to do it again. Happy with her handiwork, Matty stood with her hands firmly on her hips and looked around at the tree-lined shore. Oh, yes, she thinks, as she remembers more of her survival manuals. That's exactly what she ought to do next. Go and explore the island to see what resources it might have. If she was going to be stuck here for a few nights until her parents found her again, she was going to have to find some food and a source of fresh water too. She couldn't be drinking the seawater. That wasn't good for you at all. She picked up her stick and beat her way through the thick jungle behind the beach. Bugs flew up around her and she saw a lizard skitter across the floor. The leaves were big and green and waxy, and she was glad to find that the trees offered some shady protection from the sun. Soon she came to a little stream, which was trickling out from a source in a rock. The water was crystal clear. Oh, perfect, she said out loud, even though there was no one to hear her. She bent down and took some big gulps of the icy water. At least I've got somewhere to drink now, she thought to herself. Matty continued on her exploration of the island, pushing back branches twisted like ropes and the leaves that hung down like curtains from them. Then she spotted something, some berries, some bright red berries growing on a bush just near her. They sure did look deliciously tasty. She reached out her hand to pluck one of the bright red berries from a branch when a curt voice called down from above. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Matty looked up. At first, she couldn't tell where the voice was coming from. But then she saw it, up in the leafy canopy. A black and white bird with a huge, bright orange bill. It was a toucan. She'd read about them, but never seen them. They didn't have them on the island where she'd just come from. Excuse me? Matty asked, and the toucan fluttered down to a lower branch. I said I wouldn't eat that, he said pointing with his big orange beak and the little red berry. Unless you want to get very sick indeed. Oh, Matty said, a little disappointed. It's poisonous, is it? Oh, yes, said the toucan, nodding wisely. You'll get a terrible tummy from just eating one, and that won't be a pretty sight. Matty felt crestfallen. I was hoping I'd find something to eat, she said. The toucan, while truth be told being a bit of a know-it-all, and often feeling exasperated to be the only one on the whole island who knew anything about anything, was nonetheless moved to see Matty looking so sad. He flew down a few more branches until he was at her eye level, and said, "Eh, Don't worry, I know where you can find berries to eat. Here, let me show you. So Matty followed the toucan through the jungle, until they reached a tree heavy with figs. The toucan told Matty she could eat these fruit, and while Matty sunk her teeth into the fig's soft flesh and stowed a few extra in her pocket, she told the toucan all about her predicament and how she had to wait for her parents to come and rescue her. Well, in that case, said the toucan, 
You'll need somewhere to sleep. I know a cosy little cave. The sun will be setting soon enough, so follow me. The cave the toucan took Matty to was indeed very cosy, and she enjoyed a good night's rest, with the toucan sleeping in a tree just outside. The next morning she went to the beach, redrew her message in the sand, and looked out at the huge empty ocean. No sign of her parents yet. She drank from the stream, ate fruit, and swapped lots of stories with her new friend the toucan. This pattern went on for another day, and then another, and another. And with each passing day, Matty became more and more worried that her parents weren't coming back to find her at all. Oh, maybe they don't even know I went swimming, she said to the toucan one evening, and now they have no idea how to find me. The toucan, who by now was very fond of Matty indeed, was saddened to see the brave girl a little distressed. Well, let's wait and see, he consoled her. The next morning, as the sun was rising high above the little island, Matty left her cave and was surprised to find the toucan waiting up for her. What's going on? she asked. Just follow me, he replied rather curtly, and led her through the jungle and out onto the beach. And there, just by the seashore, was a perfect wooden raft. It had been constructed out of bits of timber found from the jungle and tied together with vines from the trees. Matty looked at the toucan and felt a lump grow in her throat. You made this? She asked him. For me? Yes, said the toucan. And then, to cover up the lump growing in his own throat, he added, And it took me all night, too. I got barely any sleep, and these branches gave me all kinds of splinters in my wings, and... But he was cut off, because Matty had thrown her arms around him and given him a big hug. Thank you, she said. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, said the toucan, blushing, we just need to get you home. Within the hour, Matty and the toucan were on the raft, out in the open waters. It was surprisingly easy to steer the raft, Matty discovered. The oar that they had fashioned from a fallen tree branch glided easily through the water and propelled them on. Matty told the toucan the rhyme her dad had told her, the one that would help them find the island. And every now and then the toucan would fly high above the raft, looking out across the sea to see if he could find it. But the minutes and hours ticked by, and still there was nothing to be seen on the horizon. Matty was getting more and more worried that she'd sailed in the wrong direction, and now they'd left the little island of safety behind them, she had no idea where they would be able to seek refuge next. And then, quite miraculously, the toucan flew high up and cawed down at her. Matty! he cried. Matty, I can see it! An island with three mountain peaks. One big, one medium, one small. They call them the three guardian bears. One little, one medium, one tall. Matty looked out across the water, and there in the distance she saw it too. A beautiful green island, in the middle of which could be seen the three peaks, like three prehistoric guardians rising out of the blue. Now that she saw them, there was something quite bear-like about them. Soft, warm and welcoming. Matty drove her oar into the water, urging her raft on faster and faster. The toucan guided her on her way, and as they approached the island, Matty could make out at the very edge of the sea two little figures waving wildly at her. <gasps> That's my parents! 
Matty called up to the toucan, who gave a loud twitter of joy before gliding down to rest on her shoulder. Hey, Matty, he said, as though the idea had just occurred to him. If it's no bother, I might stay on this island with you for a little while. It looks like it has some great trees for perching in. Matty smiled at her new friend. There was nothing she'd like more than for him to stay on her new island home with her forever. And so Matty and the two can sail their raft faster, pressing towards the shoreline, to where her overjoyed parents were waving, calling her towards them, calling her home. And that's it for the story today, Koala Kids. Ah, oh, didn't Matty do a great job? I think I picked up a thing or two. So next time I'm marooned on an island, I can get out of there pronto. All you need is a talking toucan, right? Now, Koala Kids, if you were to get stranded, what would your escape plan be? And what would you bring with you? I think I might bring my piano, a stack of storybooks and a king-sized bed. Hmm, I'm not sure I could carry all of that though. Let me know what you'd bring via the link in the description. And as always, let's end with a joke. I'd like to call in a koala kid to deliver this one. A kid called Arthur. Come in, Arthur. Hi, Koala Moon. I just wanted to um, tell you a joke. <laughs> Did you hear about the cheese factory explosion? All that was left was debris. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Arthur. Now it's my turn. Why did the lobster blush? Because the seaweed. <laughs> All right, Koala Kids, see you next time. Keep on shining. <laughs>